Hi, everybody. Wynn Claybaugh here, and welcome to another wonderful issue of Masters by Wynn Claybaugh. I'm just, every single opportunity that I have to do these interviews, I am just so, so grateful. And I acknowledge the opportunity that I have to connect with incredible people. You know, sometimes you meet wonderful people and you're like, gosh, I wish I had a reason to, do I invite them to dinner? Do I ask them out on a date? Like, what do I do? And I'm, I'm already super busy. I and I'm already married, so I'm, we're not going to date, but gosh, can I interview you? And so that's why Masters for over 20 years has been so incredible for me because it gives me an opportunity to go deep with people. When I meet somebody fabulous, and that's exactly what today is all about. I met somebody fabulous. I love her story. I love what she represents. I also happen to love the products and the services that she promotes because there's a healing agent to all of that. But I'm sitting here with my new best friend, Gloria Williams. So, Gloria, welcome to Masters. Thank you for having me. This is really exciting. I am. I feel like a master now. I really do. I mean, I know I'm one, but I really feel like one now. I'm sitting in front of you. <laughs> that makes me super happy. It's like a dream. Oh, my God. So, uh, I'm going to read information about who Gloria is, and you're mm -hmm. going to be instantly drawn to her and to her story. And by the way, I just got to sit in on a 90-minute seminar that Gloria facilitated. And, uh, of course, I took down a whole bunch of notes. I have to tell you something. Yeah. It wasn't so much what you said today. It was how you facilitated the audience. You didn't just stand up there and preach like a talking head. Mm -hmm. You really engaged the audience. You, mm -hmm. you made it more about them. And you asked a lot of questions. I mean, you asked a lot of questions. And you... Wait, you're too silent. Stand up and I want to talk to you. And you did that and that was super cool. And I'm going to bring that up in today's interview too. But okay, so Gloria is the Foot Nanny, which is a brand that she established in 2013, which is a line of foot care products and foot spa locations. Gloria has been a freelance nail technician for the Oprah Winfrey Show since 2005 and the personal pedicurist to Oprah Winfrey since 2021 and that was great to hear your story about how that all came about too and now now our listeners are instantly interested in knowing okay how did she make that connection what does that mean to rub oprah's feet i mm -hmm. i would like to rub oprah's feet mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. well can i correct you on something yes you absolutely can that 2021 no i've been her pedicurist since 2008 Really? Yeah, because in 2009, I remember so well, because in 2009, she asked me to go to her house and do a pedicure for Stedman, and it was on his birthday, March 6th. Wow. And that changed my life because of what he said to me. What did he say to you? He looked at what I was doing, mixing the products, and he said, what are you doing? And I'm thinking, why are you talking to me? I'm supposed to be doing your feet and your Oprah's boyfriend. Why is he talking to me? So I just said, this is what I do. This concoctions that mix up. He said, you need to put yourself in a jar. How do you do that? Really? How do you do that? Put yourself in a How jar. How do you put you in a jar and give it a name that everybody can remember? And he wrote this book called Building Your Life Brand by Stedman Graham. And who knew Stedman wrote a book? You know, it's like, what? I knew he wrote a book. And it was a great book. It was about all these different powerful brand names, uh, Ralph Lauren and all these names, Gucci, and how all of them came about, and he talked about his brand. And that's the part that I was trying to get over to your students today was you are a brand. All of us are brands. And so he opened my eyes to that whole brand thing. But 
That's my story. Wow. <laughs> he did. <laughs> he put me on the right train, brought my brain into that. And nobody had ever talked to me about that. Isn't that interesting? Because sometimes we can make money by what we do. Mm-hmm. Meaning you rub feet, you yes. do pedicures, yes. you get paid for what you do. Yes. A good mentor of mine years ago said, when you need to make money, not based on what you do only, mm-hmm. but by who you are and by who you know. Mm. Meaning, because at that point, the only time that I made money was when I stood on a stage. But if I didn't okay. stand on a stage, I wasn't making money. And yet I know a lot of people. Wow. I've worked really, really hard. I have a lot of knowledge, a lot of experience. How do I make money doing all of that without standing on a stage? So okay. how do you make money without rubbing feet? See, you, and that's you what put I'm yourself at. in a bottle. Right, right. So in 2021, Gloria launched her very first foot nanny foot spa on Rodeo Drive. Yes. Boy, that made you a, a target. Mm. There you are in Beverly Hills. Mm. This, this is who I am, and I'm going to put myself right mm. at Rodeo Drive. I bet you have stories that tell about that. <laughs> uh, and since then, has opened up her first Foot Nanny Express Calabasas Foot mm-hmm. Spa mm-hmm. and Foot Nanny Topanga Training Center. So mm-hmm. we're going to talk about that, too. So starting now, in 2023, mm-hmm. you uh-huh. are starting this training. Right. For a trademark foot doulas mm-hmm. that would be certified to provide the best foot massages to their clients and listed on the foot nanny's website along with across foot nanny social media mm-hmm. your goal is to deliver the wondrous power of your mother's healing touch mm-hmm. into both her foot spas and into the convenient comfort of everyone's home so mm-hmm. and we're going to talk about that personal story because i I love that people have a story to tell. And your yeah. story goes back to your, your grandmother, and we're going to hear about that. I think your students understand that, too, now. I that really, was important. because you see the two that cried? It was very yeah. emotional for them. Well, for, you were asking some of them questions. You know, what are your goals? What's your brand? Mm-hmm. What are you going to do? Like, oh, I'm choose? an entrepreneur. Anybody can say that. Right. That's not a story. And you said, you called them out on it. You said, that's not a story. No. That's not your story. No, and, then, and it's like she was hiding something. Whenever they go surface... It tells me they're hiding something. And when the one young lady stood up and she started talking about her father and how he got sick and because he was so sick, her mother got stressed and she lost her hair. And I told her that that's that part of the story that you need to market off of. You play off of that story because that's where your experience is going to come from. That's why people will trust you when it comes to growing hair, right. being a Marcella, being a trichologist. I yeah. said, that's the story. And I think because I did that, they kind of got what I was saying. If I'm talking mm. about me, it's one thing. But I pulled it out of them. I wanted them to see that they had the same thing inside of them that I have inside of me. Yesterday, I, I heard this speaker, and he was incredible. Mm-hmm. New kid, but a great story to tell. And uh-huh. he's he's successful now, and he was there right. in his Chanel suit and his Chanel mm-hmm. brooch and everything. And he's talking about branding himself, which was part of the story. But he also went into his story of, of poverty, mm-hmm. poverty with his family and with his mother. And now he's bought his mother a house and a car. And now he's mm-hmm. pulled his sister out of poverty. Mm-hmm. And I said to him afterwards, cause he asked me for my advice. I said, you know what? Never stop telling that story. Mm-hmm. And 20 years from now, you're going to be driving the best car and living in the best house, but you yes. still want to go back and tell that story of, mm-hmm. of where you came from, where your family came from mm-hmm. and, and what this story did for pulling your family out of poverty. Right. I love the fact that you're so focused on people's individual stories and how that becomes, is that the, the marketing piece? Like, like how do you teach people to use their story? Because another uh, girl today 
now again this is not just for the beauty industry people listening to this but mm -hmm. that's who your audience was this morning mm -hmm. she was talking about how she was bullied because she had bad skin and, mm -hmm. and you were having her dive into that story that's yes. your story yes and and i think that i wanted to give it to them because god only knows what i would have done and when i was in school and then someone would tell me that but no one talked to us back then. Not, no one told me anything about a story. They didn't know that. I'm just doing what I'm doing because I'm doing what I'm doing. And then finally, 2015, somebody tells me, oh, that's your story. So I wanted them. I didn't want to come off intimidating. I just wanted them to understand the master level that I've gotten to. But I also wanted them to understand they're just like me. Right. You know, you have these same qualities and I'm going to tell you things in this room that nobody else would tell you. And I, I really wanted to make sure they were taking notes and they were on the phones, like putting it in the phones. But I just wanted them to understand it's very valuable. You know, when somebody shares the things I was sharing, oh, my God, come on, your story. Yeah. And, and then I love when they cry. <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry, but the crying that got me, the two ladies that cried, the one, oh, my God. And I said, but that's it. That's what you got to work with. And see, you can walk around such in a fog and you don't know. You know, in foot and foot spa, I usually rub it out of their feet. Yeah. You know, they come up with this. Which we're going to get into that. <laughs> well, just a bit more about who you are. You're a salon and spa consultant, reflexology mm -hmm. certification, mm -hmm. salon management training. Uh, you worked with my good friend, Mario Tricosi yes. Salons, training over 40 plus nail technicians. Oh, yeah member of nail pro magazine advisory board member yes. of forbes council so it just goes on and on so everybody listen up this woman has credibility she <laughs> she she knows what she's talking about so but let's get into your story because okay. you, you tell the story of grandma and your mom and let's mm -hmm. let's talk about that i think what happened was when i didn't remember my grandma as well because i was a little baby when she passed away but I remember us always going down south all the time. Every summer we went to Alabama every summer. And just the whole going back and forth, seeing the old-fashioned remedies, somebody didn't feel good. It was just a natural thing. You know, it's natural when you're from the south. And But my mom grew up in Alabama, and my father, uh, he's from Cincinnati, but he met her in Alabama. He's in the military. So that whole Southern root thing was a lot to me because when you would get sick when you were younger, if you had a cold, your mom was supposed to be the one in the family that could fix it. If your mother didn't do it, your grandmother did it. Okay. Somebody had that remedy. Auntie, somebody in that house, because when you would go to the doctor all the time, people would say, well, what's going on in that house? Every time you look up, they have to go to the doctor. So you were supposed to be able to cure whatever it was with these remedies okay. and so it was natural i i never thought it was nothing i thought everybody did you know and so my grandmother taught my mother and then we when my mother we grew up in dixmore illinois she was the one in the neighborhood everybody would come to and they would say oh miss williams i don't feel good and she would say oh girl get your little casserole a little this and that i remember when we used to have to if i didn't feel well my mother would make me take this little casserole. They heat it up in a pot and put a little orange in there and make you take a teaspoon or a tablespoon. And I'm like, why do I have to take it? And she said, because you're not feeling well. I said, well, why do they have to take it? Because they may not feel well. You may get them sick. So we all just did these remedies. And it just it's what I grew up on. Like, that makes sense to me. And I've heard that type of a story many many times mm -hmm. but how did that then get into massaging feet so which also came from your grandmother yes i remember distinctly one time uh there was a neighbor in my neighborhood miss perkins and my mother's uh her 
son and her husband asked us to come down and take care of their mother, like massage her or to take care of her, give her a rub down. So my mother would grab this little bag of concoctions. I just went with her. And so we would go and she would say, okay, we started the feet. I don't know why I know now. I don't know. I didn't know why then she would always say, let's start at the feet. Let's start at the feet. It was always the feet. And she didn't explain why. She just said, just start the feet. I said, okay. So I would take one foot and then she would give me some liniment or ointment, whatever she was using. And then she would say, watch what I do. Do what I do. And so I would sit right beside her. And then once I had it going, she said, okay, now I'm going to go up this way. So then she would go to the legs, the arms, the shoulders, the back. Especially when you had a cold, she would always rub your back. I didn't know what that was about. She rubbed your chest too, but the lungs are in the back. So, you know, when everybody had the COVID, I was like, if they don't turn them over the stomachs, this is going to be a problem because the lungs are in the back. That's just something I learned from my mother, naturally. And so then from that, it went to my father. My father, he was a fussy man. We'll just put it like that. Fussy. And he would come home from work. And sometimes he would be fussing. And I would see her take the tub of the, the she would take a foot tub maybe a basin like a metal basin and she would put epsom salt and she would put hot water and a little suds little soap and she would sit it down and then he would put his feet in the water and he changed he he instantly was calm and i was like wow that's amazing so then when he would get like that i said well i know she's gonna get the tub out sooner or later <laughs> and then she would get the tub out and then that it was calm again so I naturally understood that feeling of, how, well, I didn't get it, but I saw it. I saw the, the thing that would happen. And I guess subliminally, it was in my mind. And then one day, a girl from school, because I wanted to be a nurse. I did. I Honestly, I just knew I was going to be a nurse. And so one day, um, I had graduated from high school, and this girl, Rhonda Flowers, had gave my name to this beauty school to come to do nails. And they called me and asked me, what I'd like to do nails. My name was given. I said, how long is the course? They said, nine weeks. I said, okay, I can do that. So I wanted to do it. I mean, I just did to do it. I mean, I was working. I graduated from high school. I was working downtown as an administrative assistant. And my boss, she's always going to get her nails done. And I used to see how happy she was, you know, the reaction. Oh, my God. When she would leave and then she would come back. And she, when she would say, book me an appointment, I'm like, thank God, book an appointment. And then I would see it. So when she was cranky, right, you like were hoping father. she'd book right, an appointment. Like right, right. Fussy. So long story short, I started doing nails in school, but I started doing the feet because nobody wanted to do feet. But remember, I saw my mother doing it, right, with right. my father. So I said, um, I'll do the pedicure. Okay. And so they said, okay, well, give all the pedicures to glory. So everybody came in for a pedicure. They came to me, like I saw your students doing hair today. So the first client I had, she didn't have any toenails. And I said, this is interesting. Okay. And she said that back in the day when you had a foot fungus, they would remove all your toenails because they felt like if one toenail had a fungus, all of them would have a fungus. So she didn't have any toenails. So I just worked on what I knew best. What did my mother do? Rub and massage. Right. So I just, that was my thing. I would just scrub it. I knew how to soak it off. My mother would do that. I used to see her take my father's pocket knife. I couldn't use that in school. And she would just scrape that dead skin off. But it was all about letting the feet soak and give it time. And then the skin will react to what you're doing. And that's how it started. And I just started doing all the pedicures. And I still wasn't foot dandy. I was just Gloria. I didn't love to do feet. 
So at what point did somebody explain to you or did you learn why are we starting at the feet? The, 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 the power. When I get to um, Mario Chikoshi, okay. it took years. It took years. And so um, I took a reflexology class there. We had a lot of classes. And so when the girls started telling us about the trainer, about our pressure points, I'm like, oh, my God. That's why I was sending everybody into labor. Because people would say... <laughs> Oh, send her to Gloria. Gloria, oh my God, she did. Girl, I don't know what you did, but girl, that baby was due, and you, when you rubbed my feet, I went into labor that night. I'm like, you did? And I still didn't know. I said, years later, I still didn't know. Who had time to go to that? I didn't go to reflexology class on the south side of Chicago. But when I went to Mario Chikosi downtown, 900 North Michigan, when I got to that, because we started at one, the smaller one, and then Oak Street, I think it was. And then we moved over there. The class... I said, that's it. The area for that is behind the ankle. And that's what I'll be massage. I will massage that to death. I was like, oh. And put them into labor. Oh, your ankles are so swollen. Oh, my God. And I'm just massaging. Oh, my God. And it's like, oh, my God, the baby's overdue. It's in position. I said, well, let's go. And that's all I knew. And then when I figured out what I was doing, I said, oh, my God. That's it. And so then I went to the proper training. So I know now I'm not going to trigger it. Okay, I have I have so many questions, but people want to know. Tell the Oprah story. How did that all come about? In Chicago, Midwest period. It's about Chicago. I would say, downtown where you work. You know, it's okay if you say you're a stylist, you're a nail tag, you're a assistant, but where do you work? So I was working at Mario Chicochi. I wanted to work for the best. Right. And so I had been there for some years. I've done tons of celebrities because, of course, I was lead. I got first. And I would bring my team with me or we would do it all upstairs or whatever in the two in one chair area. However, we did the service at the Oprah show. At, no, this is at Mario Tricochi. OK, got it. So because I worked at Mario Tricochi, I knew I had to work for the best in order to get anywhere in Chicago. And he was the best. That opened the door for me to get the interview at the Oprah show. Got it. Because there, I didn't know, but there was a person that was over the spa. Ed Harpo, that used to work for Mario Chikoshi. Yeah. But either way, that name, Mario, jumped to right. the top. Yeah. So as you... Whoop. Absolutely. So I got the interview. I overheard somebody, first of all, talking about it at Mario Chikoshi. said, hey, I heard Oprah has a spa. Did you hear she has a spa salon? And I'm thinking, did he just say Oprah had a spa? And he said, are you going to go for it? He said, well, yeah, I'm going to go for it. And I'm thinking, well, I'm going to go for it too. So I interviewed, but it was only for freelance. You know, freelance is just one day or on call or something like that. And um, I interviewed, and it took almost two years before I finally got the interview. Okay. I didn't want to be a stalker, but I was like, hello again. This is Gloria. And uh, finally, I got the interview. And when I went to interview, it was a very interesting interview. It was more of a... Let's see if she's a gossiper. Oh. Let's see how far we can push her. I, did, I, I It was a lot coming at me, right? Right. So if they asked me, the question was, so how's how's it working at Mario Chikoshi? Or how's everybody doing there? And I'm thinking to myself, is she trying to see if I'm a gossiper? So I was like, oh, everything's great. Everything's great. And at the same time, I'm doing a French pedicure. That's okay. hard. That's like, you got me going here and you, you know, so I'm focusing and I'm interviewing. And so finally, when I got done, 
I was a nervous wreck, for, but you couldn't see it. You couldn't see it because at Mario Tricocci, I'd done so many celebrities that I was ready for anything. So after that, it took me another two years to get in, finally get an offer. So I got in, and I was at one day a week. Okay. And I did that for three years before Oprah even walked into the spa. And when she walked in, I saw how the girl did her pedicure. And I said, uh-uh, no, no, mm-mm. the water was too hot. You can't put, not Oprah, come on. I mean, me, my everyday clients, I know the presentation is it, is everything. Um, and that was it. So after that, I started doing her, I had been doing her glam squad. And I asked them, can you give me an opportunity to do a service just one time? I just want to know what a real pedicure is, please. And it was like, oh, we don't know. She might take you from us. And I'm like, no, she won't. She won't. So finally, about three months later, she came in and got a pedicure. And I had everything beautiful. I had the bubbles going. I had the two of everything. Two nippers, two clippers, two files. If anything dropped, I didn't even have to pick. Just keep going. Just keep going, right? And I had paraffin. I never asked her what she wanted. I gave her whatever she needed, the best. Hmm. Then say, did you want this? Did you want this? I gave it to her. I gave her the best. And I, I think I know the answer to that, but why wouldn't you ask her, do you need this? Because I'm working at the Spine Harpo. I'm considered the best at my game. And I'm going to give her the best. Sure. Because, she, you know, I figured she trusted me because she's sitting there. And they had said something about me. But I just feel like if I'm the best, I'm going to give you the best. Right. I don't care who you are. I'm going to give you the best. And I just, I didn't think she probably maybe didn't even know what she wanted. Because from what I saw, the girl just put her feet in the hot water and, I didn't see no bubbles or nothing going on. I didn't see no hot paraffin, no <laughs> callus treatment, nothing. So I gave it to her. Got it. And that's my specialty, making those feet smooth, like a baby's butt. Right. And then a massage. Wow. I know you want one right now, right? You know I do. <laughs> I've wanted one since I met you <laughs> oh a couple of months over. ago. Come over with the new one. I got a new one coming. Okay. So you talk about... This is Oprah. Yeah. Presentation's got to be incredible. Yeah. Is and that I'm... presentation only incredible for Oprah? No, everybody. Talk about that. Well, even now, my presentation is even stronger because I don't reuse things. I don't reuse the nail files. I don't reuse the buffers. I don't reuse the nippers or the clippers. I don't reuse. Everybody get their own nippers and clippers. Okay. So, a lot of places, they're not going to do that. Right. I'm different. I'm the best, so you're going to get the best. Right. Wow. And I love it that you said everybody gets that, not just Oprah. No, everybody gets no. that. Yeah. Yeah, everybody gets that. But I made sure, though, it was her that I had two of everything because I didn't want anything to fall. Because if it falls, you can't pick it up. Right. If a comb falls, you're not going to be now pick the comb up off the floor. Some people might. Right. But I like that message of... Uh, this is my performance, and it doesn't matter who's in the audience. This no. is what I do. Because no. you ever like you go to a club to see some new band performing, mm -hmm. and there's mm -hmm. only a couple of people in the audience, and so they just kind of haphazardly sing through the song. Whereas if it were a packed house, they would yeah. have given an incredible performance. But that's like when I told your students today, it's not it's unprofessional to ask a person what they do for a living. So you never know in California for sure. You're one person removed from whoever you need to meet for some strange reason. Right. And you never know who you sit in, who's sitting in your chair. You 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 don't want to disrespect them by asking that. Like I said to them today, they may not like their job. They may not want to talk about work. 
Work is over. They don't want you to know what they do. Yeah, I, li- I like that message that you sent out today. Because mm-hmm. I'm the type in casual conversation, mm-hmm. whether it's at a party or whatever, you meet somebody and say, oh, mm-hmm. what do you do for a living? You're saying and <laughs> when you're a service provider, yeah. to ask that question is yeah. is unprofessional. unprofessional. Yeah, because it's it's just a little too personal. Right. Sooner or later, they're going to say, I mean, what they do. Right. But it could be a doctor. They don't want you to talk about your illness. Right. It could be a police officer that doesn't want to hear about your brother that got arrested. You know, nobody wants to hear that. Right. They're here for a service. There you go. For the vibe. I think they got that vibe thing today. By the way, you mentioned that word a lot today, vibe. Yes. And you, and you encouraged them as you were asking them questions about their story and their mm-hmm. brand and... And how to sell themselves. Mm-hmm. You use that word a lot, vibe. Yeah, what a, do you mean by that? It's a feeling. It's when you walk in. It's when you walk into a space. What do you feel? What is the vibe? Is it is it chaotic? Is it relaxing? I love to have spa music on. I love to have ocean, the sounds of the ocean. Sometimes I let, well, actually you fill out the form prior to getting to me, which helps me set your vibe. Some people want to hear Neo Soul. Some people might want to hear gospel, you know, so this service is for you. So when you come in with, I want you to feel the vibe that you created. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But you also mentioned that vibe when you were saying, let me see your social media. Yeah. I, I want to look at your Instagram and see what your vibe is on, yeah. your, on your Instagram page. Yeah. What do like, you mean by that? There's some pages that you look at and you can feel the rhythm. You can feel the, the person or, or whatever that thing they're trying to transmit over to you. This is who I am. And sometimes you might have somebody to put haircut, you know, something crazy going on over here, all over the place. But you really need to. So there's not a rhythm. There's not a consistency. A consistency is, yeah, a consistency, meaning, okay, you might have a picture of somebody getting a haircut, but you might have a quote from a famous hairstylist. And then the next one might be a product that you like and the hair product. But then the next one would be another style that you created. Um, and you may skip and go to another style or you might. So the vibe should be something like that. If that's who you are, like for me, I'm very funny. I'm a crazy, funny person. Right. Mm-hmm. But I don't have a lot of time to show that when I'm doing a service. So I said, how do I show this side of me? So I put it on my real side of the Instagram. So you'll see me finding something on Instagram and really giving my comment. I did do different things, and then finally I said, okay, I'm about to zero in on feet. And so I started doing the foot reviews, and they like that too, but they still like that funny side of me, like when I see good food. I want people to know that. But how do you do that when I'm the foot nanny and I'm Gloria? I'm two people, but I want to show you both sides of me. So I decided to put it on the real side, so you can only see that if you swipe to the left. Got it. But my brand is on the main page. Got it. As you and I were starting a conversation about getting together today and, and sharing your incredible story, mm-hmm. I, I asked you what your core values are. Mm-hmm. And you said faith, courage, and wisdom. <laughs> yeah. Talk about that. My journey has been mostly <laughs> faith. I would say 100%. And I think I didn't understand. Um, I have a very strong spiritual side to me. And I think people understand that somewhat in my social media. I might put something in like a quote, that a motivational quote from God said, 
da da da. But um, you have to have faith because once you get out of your comfort zone of just working somewhere and working for somebody, and you step out and you pray and you ask God for things, I have to have faith that the prayer will be answered. But I also have to keep in mind my job, my job and purpose on this, but I would say purpose on this earth is to serve and to help people. And and in order to be able to do that, I have to have the faith, definitely have to have the courage to step into things that the unknown that I've never, you know, and try things different, talk to, it's, I would say wisdom would come with my mother, the things she taught me, but all those things help me. When it comes to servicing the client, when it comes to living my purpose, when it comes to driving my brand, all of that. I think my biggest challenge now is to, people ask me, do you have downtime? Do you go on vacation? I'm like, what's that? You know, <laughs> I don't know what that is. But I can't tend to, you know, grab a little Prosecco and a little popcorn on Saturday nights every now and then. But other than that, no. But I would really have to say that my faith is what drives me especially now because now i'm in this transition i'm in this transition as a little crazy i outgrew my smaller rodale salon spa and i'm getting a bigger one october 1st is the new one the bigger one next door to where is that now um the smaller one is on the 31st and then at the same time i'm closing down my warehouse to at the that ends on the 31st. <laughs> That's crazy, right? Mm-hmm. And then someone else will take over the manufacturing of that product. Mm-hmm. And I think that now I'm changing my brand restructuring because the way I was doing things, the platforms I use, really have uh, run their course. Um, I used to do a lot of deal shows with my products. Lots of deal shows. And that has pretty much ran its course, you know, with the free shipping and shipping rates going up and the commission and the percentage you have to pay. It was a lot. It was a lot. And um, now I'm really back to the heart and soul of what I love and know, which is spa. I know spa. I also asked you what you stand for, and you said honesty and trust. Mm. Can you you talk about that? Mm -hmm. I got to be able to trust people. To a certain point, I know you can only trust so far, but I like to know who I'm dealing with, you know. So if I'm dealing with somebody and they want to do a business, I honestly, I do run backgrounds. I do have to, my lawyer, if it's something contractual, you want to be very clear on who you're dealing with before anything is signed. So I need to be able to trust the person who I'm dealing with. Um, Honestly, I'm just going to be honest. You know, if somebody asks me a question, I'm just going to be honest and be straightforward. This is what it is. Um, I don't understand why somebody won't be honest that they don't want to be honest because I've always been honest. Mm-hmm. Anytime somebody asks me a question, I said, do you want to know the truth or do you want me to fix it up and make it, you know, fluff it? They said, no, give me the truth. And I, I just love being honest and truthful. It's uh, important. You feel like that has pushed you more into business or that has held you back? It has, ooh, held me back. I would say held me back. It, it made me very cautious. I don't know if held me back is the word, but I would say it made me slow it down a little bit. Okay. You know, I had somebody want to invest something in my company. Oh, I want to invest in Finetti. No. I'd already checked them out. I was like, no. Uh-uh. And I think with me, because you have a brand like an Oprah Winfrey, my products have been favorite things nine years in a row. I'm very protective of her brand name and mine. Even though she's her own brand and I'm my own, I'm still protective of it because 
she's done so much for endorsing, loving the products. Right, right. Yeah. So Stedman, that many years ago, said we got to put you into a jar. Right. How do we put you into a jar? Okay. And I'm thinking, I have no clue. He said, you got a name. It's something that everybody remember. Don't call it your name. We know you're Gloria, but everybody's not going to remember that. You need something people are going to remember. Well, the show was ending, and I didn't know what I wanted to be. I said, Lord Jesus, what is my name? And uh, someone said, hey, there was another lady for some Mario Tricosi people, right, that mm-hmm. used to work there. They used to work for Mario's. They were opening a spot out in Barrington, Lake Zurich area. And so well, she would really like you. You need to come out. They want to do a nail department. She wants you to put together for blah, blah, blah. So when I go out there and I start doing clients, I said, well, let me go out here and see what's going on. I set up the nail department for got the girl hired. I was working. Everybody had a nanny. Everybody had a nanny. And before that, I had sat down and I asked Miss Winfrey, I said, um, when did you know you wanted to be a talk show host? She said, no, I want to be a journalist. She said, pretty much it's right in front of you what you want to do with your life. It's right in front of you, and people pretty much say it. They'll say, you could be a blah, blah, blah. You're great at da, 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 da. So I said, okay. She said, well, what do people say about you? I said, well, they love the, the way I do their feet. She said, what about nails? Would you choose nails or feet? I said, feet. She said, okay. I said, okay, what? She said, you got to figure that name out. So then that was part one. I knew it was feet. It had to do something with feet. And then with the nanny thing, it was just thrown in my face every time I looked up. Nanny, 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 nanny. And so when I started thinking of the name, I was like, foot, doctor, foot, who takes care of feet? And I said, who makes people feel good? And so I'm playing around with it, and I said, foot, and then I said, babysitter, nurse, and I said, nanny. But if I hadn't been out there, I don't think Nanny would have ever came to my mind. Mm. I've never had a name thrown in my face so much. Nanny, Nanny, Nanny. My Nanny, my Nanny, my Nanny. Oh, my God. Everybody had a Nanny out there. Mm. And that was that's what it was. So the product. So you obviously you're using your product when you're doing somebody's feet. Yes. Um, is there more that you're adding to that? Or is it what's in the, that jar is exactly what somebody can then buy and take home with Well, them? what's in the jar they buy and they take home. Right. When they come into Foot Nanny Rodeo, I customize it a little deeper. Okay. Because, How? okay, so you come in and the scrub. I have a scrub with no scent. Okay. So you checked off on your form that you like eucalyptus. Mm-hmm. So I scooped it. I have the eucalyptus essential oil over it and I have the eucalyptus bottle of essential oil foot nanny right next to it. So I'm using all eucalyptus. My cream, I use a, uh, my unscented cream. So then I scoop that and then because I, I have a back bar size. And then I take that and then I add the eucalyptus to it. Okay. So I customize it for you. And when people take this home, are they... Same this- experience. But so they're massaging their own feet. They're yes. On on a daily basis, they're yes. putting this on their own feet. Yes, every okay. day, every day. Uh, we'd like you to put on day and night, and people love it. And I'm telling you, my customer is ages 45 plus. They love Facebook. <laughs> okay, so that's where you are. You're living on Facebook. They but, uh, love Facebook. I haven't given them enough Facebook, so I feel like now. With me giving somebody else a manufacturer, I could give them more Facebook. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. That's great. So I'm pulling out quotes that you have said. I went from walking by sight to walking by faith. Yes. 
What does that mean for you? <sighs> the unknown. I tend to build it and they will come, right? Okay. So when I thought about Topanga, for Nanny Topanga, I thought, you know what? I want to open some locations and I want to start. So I'm just going to start with one. And then, I, then I'll start getting people saying, hey, but Nanny, we want to train, which I'm like, oh, my God. And I wasn't even ready for the spa or the training. The football or the training there, but I tend to build it, so I I know if I t- build it, I know what's gonna come. I have faith and I know what I want to happen, but you have to build it before. For me, some people gotta have this whole oh we'll do this and we'll. Do. I have to build it and put it out there so that the person will know it's available. Because I've been getting people to ask me for training, you know, one on one coaching, fifteen hundred dollars. One on one, they just want to show me their pedicure, and I bring them up to another level. They become a foot doula. That's in one way. So I built it, and it comes. So I walk by faith, not mm-hmm. by sight. I'm wondering how much that philosophy and your way of thinking and doing aligns with the stuff that I've had for so many years of where most people have this belief system of ready, aim, fire. Yeah. And I was always like, no, it should be ready, fire, aim. Because oh. I know people who would just ready, aim, 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 <laughs> aim, <laughs> aim. One day I'm going to, really? I'm, I'm, I'm waiting. You're still aiming? I'm just gonna, fire already. And you know I was always, and by doing that, sometimes I ready, fire. Yes. Yeah. You said build it and they're going to come. I would just fire thinking <laughs> this is, this is going to work out. You know, I'm doing this by faith. Right. Nobody has endorsed me right. yet, but I believe in it, and I'm going to make it work because I've already fired. Yes, and you know what, though, too? When it's a window of opportunity, I believe that there's a window of opportunity for all of us, right? Mm-hmm. And we can base upon the presidents that we have, you know? We can base upon that. There is a window that opens. It's always open, like slightly, but it really opens, and you better get in. And make it happen now before it goes away. I feel like that about AI. I feel like I told some people, you know, chat GPT is not going to be around. Mm-hmm. It's not going to be available for everybody like this. Mm-hmm. And they said, how do you know? I said, because it's a beast. It's like you ask it a question and tell it what you need. And it, it just goes bonkers. And I said, but you better get it now. Ask all the questions that you want now. because it's not. And sure enough, right now, oh, chat GPT. Has another level for business, see? Hmm. So there's a window. Wow. And then you got to have faith to walk into that window. Ready, aim, fire. I believe it. We've touched on a little bit. I want to go back to talking about brand. Okay. And helping people build their brand and, and, and understand what that is. Okay. Because I've, I've had people approach me. Hey, when can you help me and introduce me to so-and-so? Mm-hmm. And then I check out their brand which yeah. is their social media or same people do and sometimes i will go back and say i i, <laughs> I can't help you because if i help you i'm now part of your brand i'm, yes. al- I'm aligning my brand with your brand yes. and that's going to hurt my brand i need yes. to protect my name my name is win clayba but that's also my brand yes. and i need to protect it and if i align myself with you now i'm compromising yes. who i am 
Yes. I yes. don't know if that's the right way to approach it. No, that is. Like I look at their Instagram and there's a bunch of pictures of them partying <laughs> and drinking and, and they're gossiping yes. and they're trashing so yes. and so. I'm like, I, I can't help you out because now people are going to think that I endorse that or that I'm associated with that lifestyle or yes. that belief system. Yes, and you're right. And some people say, they ask me, well, who does your social media? I'm like, me. I used to have somebody do my social media several times. But when it comes to my life, I have a lot of secrets that I can't share with anybody, but I can line it up. You know, I have things that, you know, before it happens, I can't tell them. You know, if you're a favorite thing, you can't go around telling them, hey, I was selected a favorite thing. You have to get ready. On Oprah's and, favorite Yes, thing, right? and you have to line it up and get it ready. Right. And um, it was always an obstacle for me to try to find somebody that understood me with what my thoughts are or my alignment. So my so this guy that did my social media once, he taught me how to do it because he got really busy. He has a big brand now. So he got so busy. I'm like, well, listen, what the way my stuff pop off, you need to teach me because this way I'll be ready. And so now social media is totally different. You can actually put your whole story together and you can pre-post them. Mm-hmm. for them to get ready for whatever special thing you had right, going. Right. Yeah. So what did this guy teach you then? He taught me about when you're posting your story, you can get away with certain things that you wouldn't put on your page. So like if I posted my story, something about happy Labor Day, oh my God, enjoy your, you know, I don't need that on my page. Got it. You know, but I want to say it, but I don't need that on my page. Uh, people tend to look at your story more than they look at your page because those little circles at the top. Mm-hmm. And so in the morning, I just go down, you know. He also told me about the time of day that people actually look at social media. I think from learning what he said and what I know, it's early in the morning. Most people look at it before they get out of bed. Hmm. I noticed that I, I get a lot of 6 a.m., 7 a.m., views mm-hmm. i can see in my story like 147 people looked or 200 some people looked right mm-hmm. okay because you brought it up i'm just curious you get chosen to be one of oprah's favorite things yeah and she says get ready what does that mean no first she looks at something and, and says she likes it but so you got chosen i got chosen oprah's... nine years in a row for one of oprah's yes okay. and what does that do to you it's like... incredible um <laughs> <laughs> First, she'll, if she chooses it, she'll say, oh, I love this, but can she add a sponge or can she add a sock? I want a sock with that. So it's really her favorite. Like, you think you got it. She'll say, okay, I like that, but I want to have this too. Can she get a sock? And so then, even though I do her feet, we don't talk about it. The person has to tell me, oh, she loves this, but can you get a sponge with this can you get a sock with this i'm like okay and that's that's where it all what you gonna say no right no you say, <laughs> right. You say yes Find that sock. right so <laughs> so, this way. so i remember the first favorite thing this is a secret i'll share it with everybody the first favorite thing i was in it was uh the lavender peppermint and tea tree jars they called me and said hey uh, oprah likes your stuff so, can you send us a big jar of all the ones that she liked? Like, what? So, I said, okay. So, I sent it to them, right? Lavender peppermint tea tree. So, they came back and said, uh, she wants a sock. Can you do a spa sock? 
Well, of course I say, yeah. Yeah, I can do a spa sock. But the challenge was trying to find a spa sock all in one color. That was the challenge, right? So I got this guy, and this is another way people ruin their blessings when they get crazy on me. So I said to him, I said, could you get me a sock made? He said, oh, yeah, we can make a sock. What's it for? And I said, just something I want to do. Oh, you couldn't tell him? No. Okay. My stress level was, I don't know where it was at, but I was pretending like everything was fine. And the first year I was in L.A., well, in Beverly Hills, it was working at Anastasia Beverly Hills. She let me have a room in her eyebrow salon because mm -hmm. I had met her right. at Oprah's house. She was a very gracious right. woman. And she was doing the eyebrows. And I was like, oh, my God, Anastasia. So I ended up there. And I had a, a space there. So I was headed to work to Anastasia's hair, makeup done, cute. The guy started getting wind of something. He said, something she want with this sock. Because I was like, can you, like, tell me how much it would cost for, like, 10,000 socks? He said, women, what are you doing with this sock? I said, I, I really can't discuss that. I just need to know. So now his mind is working with the price. Then he's getting real controlling with the sock. So he decided to hold my sock hostage. So I'm like, where's the sock? This is going to cost a little bit more oh. because this is taking way more time than I thought. I said, could you just give me the sock? Well, could you tell me what it's for? I said, I can't. Could you? Because now he knows I do Oprah's feet, right? So I guess he said wheels was turning and I was holding it in. And I have a picture of this too. It's crazy. I went, I said, I'll show him. I'm going downtown LA and I'm going to find me a sock. <laughs> But show him I'm going to the sock lady. I'm going to find me a sock. I go to get out the car and something push me back in the car. I said, what is that? And so I go to get out the car and something push me back down in the car. I said, what is this on my chest? Oh, Jesus, I'm having a heart attack. I said, oh, my God, is this what it's like? I said, oh, my God. And I'm trying to, I could not get out the car. But I was determined to get some socks, right? So I started blowing the horn. And the sock lady said, hey, Miss Gloria, I said, could you give me some assorted colored socks? I need some fuzzy socks. She said, okay. I said, just bring me three or four packs. I just want to look at them. Okay. So I gave her the money. She gave me my receipt. She put the socks in the car. Now, mind you, I'm having some type of heart situation. Okay. So I called my friends, and I was like, okay. I don't know where I'm going. Everybody said, go to see the sign as. I'm going to see the sign as. I said, oh, my God. I had a PT cruise in it. I'm like, oh, my God. I said, I think I'm having a heart attack. They said, what do you mean? I said, I think I'm having a heart attack. I guess because the stress of me not telling him him holding my sock hostage just pushed me over the edge. So I get to Cedar Sinai. I said, tell him. You went to Cedar Sinai? Yes. From the sock lady, you went yes. to Cedar Sinai. downtown Atlanta. <laughs> I said, tell him I'm in a black PT cruiser. If I hit the building, I'm having a heart attack. If I pass out, I'm having a heart attack. They said, oh my God. So I get there. And the man said, we wait for you. I said, okay. Thank you so much. And he drives. I can't get out of the car. Just Something's like, when they say the elephant on your chest, I said, oh my God, I'm having a heart attack. He said, ma'am, ma'am, come on, let's get you out. I said, I can't, I can't. So he turned me somehow and got me out. I get in there and they're like, ma'am, could you tell us what's going on? I said, I don't know what you're talking about. What are you talking about? They said, what is stressing you out? I said, nothing's stressing me out. What are you talking about? Now I'm back in that character again. And they said, your EKG is all over the place. Okay, you, you need to tell us something. No, it's nothing wrong. I guess they thought it was a battered woman or something. I said, no, it's nothing wrong. Everything's fine, you know. And they said, okay. 
phone ringing, the sock man hostage. Um, I got the sock. I said, bring the sock. Ma'am, put the phone. I said, I can't bring the sock to see the side eyes. <laughs> ER, tell them you're here for me. I'm back in the back with an EKG on me. They said, put the phone down. I said, I can't put the phone down. They said, ma'am, we got to. So he comes in with the sock. At Cedar Sinai. He comes in with the sock. He goes, here's the sock. My God, take care of yourself and walked away. Laid the sock there. And I was like, this is not even a sock. I couldn't even. It was crazy. Finally, they took me upstairs. You know how they take it and put that nitroglycerin. They put it on your tongue, okay. when, And they told me, lift your tongue up. Put it under my tongue. And they said, now we're going to take you in this in this uh, MRI. We're going to put you in here. And I'm going to need you to listen. You need to calm down. I said, okay. So I took some deep breaths and relaxed. And so the lady said, do you ever want to, you going to tell me? I said, I can't. I really can't tell you what's going on. She said, we're going to give you something. They gave me some morphine and I was gone. I just fell out. Just, woo. And so after I stayed there for about an hour and a half, two hours, baby, I went on to work. And everybody's looking at me. I had told them I was in the hospital. And they asked me, are you okay? I said, oh, great. Everything's great. Nobody knew but me that I was a favorite thing. All over socks. All over sock. Wow. Does Oprah know this story yet? No, she okay. does now because I'm telling her. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. I never told her. It would put me in a heart attack. I said, if I tell her, she'll never put me <laughs> sure. So everybody else just saw, oh, look, she's. One of Oprah's favorite oh, things. Oh, I got a picture and, of show And you. it includes a sock. Yeah, me, Landon, and, and, yeah. and you're in the background saying, you have no idea what you it took no to, be, to, to include this sock. Oh, Jesus. Oh, it's so easy for Gloria. Oh, it's a lot, yes. Socks are just oh, yeah. oh, easy to come by. The and they don't know you ended up in yeah. Cedar sinai yeah, trying to get a sock. <laughs> I took a picture. Oh, I got proof. That I took a great. picture of myself looking cute in that hospital Okay, so town. you get chosen for one of Oprah's favorite things. Yeah. What kind of sales are you doing? Like, she she names you and somebody bought 3000 Oh of no. those? You or do, it's... No, it's more like $300,000 in two hours. Wow. wow. When I was on, it was a TV segment. They put mm -hmm. it on. Easy. Wow. Easy. Wow. Congratulations. That was 2014 when? See? 2015. You got stories, year. girl. Yeah, I, I was just asking that a simple question, and you went into this whole then. rant this about about downtown LA and the sock lady and Cedar Sinai. Yeah, but you know, so there you go. Yeah, I got I got to bring you to parties. You yeah. you are you are a great storyteller. People don't know what there's you always, go through. There's always a background story. Always, because people, I'm sure, Gloria's a overnight success. Gloria no. got lucky. Loved it. No. Exactly. It was all, she was so lucky in no. the right place at the right time. <laughs> and it all just fell into her lap. Right. No. No. Mm-mm. No. Not even close. And I think it's because you do have that back story. Yeah. That now gives you this passion and, and you this desire to yeah. share and to and, help other people. Yeah. And you want to succeed because now she likes something that you have. Right. Yeah. So what's next for you? I would like to have foot doulas in every zip code. Tell us what a foot doula is. <laughs> foot doula is someone who I train to do foot massage. So okay. a foot doula can be a hairstylist, makeup artist, whoever wants to learn about foot care, foot massaging, 
I want them to be foot doulas. I want them to master at their craft and add foot massage. And I say hairstylist because I like I was telling them today, you can lay back in a shampoo bowl and get a shampoo but in your lather lounge, mm-hmm. but they can also get a foot massage. Mm-hmm. You know, take it to the next level. So I have a lot of people that also nail techs that feel like their pedicures are the best, right? And that's fine. So I would like to give them a fine tuning of a before and an after, okay. you know, a start Add and a finish. Yeah. Right. Take what you got and then do this. Let me take you here. So you say you, that's what you envision. Foot doulas and every yeah. zip code. Yeah, because of the, the feedback from the Oprah tweet, it was so insane. And it was so powerful because it went from a tweet to AOL press release somehow. And it just went through. And all these, the feedback was insane. Like, yeah. oh my God, we need one here or there. Yeah, I don't think that there's anybody listening to this that would not agree, oh, yes, my feet. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody and, can. And people need care all over the place, you know, all over mm-hmm. the U.S. I asked on Instagram the other day, where would you like to see a foot nanny foot spot? And they went nuts again. It, it's still today. It's relevant. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So instead of maybe taking them out of their comfort zone, I'll bring foot nanny. Congratulations. The other part to what's next is I'm looking to partner with a brand that would take on the actual product and take that out of my hand totally, you know, mm-hmm. take the whole manufacturing, say, oh, my God, let, we'll do this part and you just go be the foot nanny. Got it. That's the big part. That's mm-hmm. the big picture. Mm-hmm. I have a feeling, though, that you would never pull yourself out completely, that no. you still want to dabble in all of it. They're going to want my expertise. Could you pull yourself out of it? There's no way I you can, could. I can pull part of my body. I think you are I think you are kidding yourself right now to I think don't that not you do could it. Pull, there you go. No, I don't want to not do it. <laughs> I just don't want to do that part. I want to be able to be more creative with it and say no and helping the marketing build the story. I I endorse that sentiment all the way. I, yeah. I think before we started recording I like here we are in my offices and I told you I don't have an office here in fact they don't even give me a key. I love the fact that they don't give me a key. Like oh. when doesn't need a key. Now, before, I'm sure, 30, 40 years ago, I had a key to everything, and I was vacuuming the offices was before everybody... Was it hard to pull yourself out? No. <laughs> but I it? No, because there's oh. there's things that I love. There's parts of it that I absolutely love so, to do. And so, there's, However, though, I I had to learn the hard way that I can't pull myself out completely. Now, maybe yes. other people will listen to this and say, oh, and let me teach you how to do that. I don't think that I could ever do that. I don't so do they like you being a part of it? I think they like me in small doses. <laughs> we love wind, but small doses. I love that I am surrounded by people who are much smarter than I am, much yeah. more talented, yeah. much more educated. Well, you're definitely going to teach me because you're now one of my mentors. Thank you, sweetheart. And I'll take whatever dose of advice you have. Mm. Okay. You're a sweetheart. Well, as we start to wrap this up, so a a final message, you know, incorporating everything that you've just shared with us. First of all, the the, the hard work, what people would have considered to be luck. And Mm -hmm. we know it wasn't luck that all of a sudden you're having these opportunities. And Oprah probably had a big part to do with that. Mm -hmm. The storytelling that you have, Mm -hmm. that family history of of grandma and your mom. Yeah. And then this foundation, this belief system that you have about faith and courage and wisdom and hard work and mm-hmm. honesty and all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. you have a final message for our listeners? Yes. I believe that all of us are brands, no matter which way we want to look at it. I believe that 
our past can define our future or can enhance our future. Sometimes the past just, it, the way it happened in the past, it made you who you are. And if we could just look back and figure out what that is, um, I feel like we could and add the serve to it. Add the serve. How can I make a difference on earth? What will people say about me when I'm gone? That's where we need to focus. And I think that's where I'm at now, you know, getting a little older. And I started thinking that way, you know, like, what do I want people to remember about me? And I think that's that, that trigger. I pulled the trigger so fast that, I, you know, because I feel like I'm working on that window of time also with age. So I want everybody to know that they have a brand and leave a story here on earth that people can share. That's great. I remember once a mentor asked me the question to write it down. Of mm -hmm. When people describe you to their friends mm -hmm. and you're not around, what do you want them to say about you? <laughs> and that really triggered me like, okay, I got to really yeah. put some thought into this. Mm -hmm. And I have come back around to that too. I want to I, I serve. Someone once told me that they felt that my social media made them feel like I was all over the place. And I said, really? And then someone once told me that it felt like they didn't know who I was with my social media. It was all about the Oprah, the products, and Oprah and the products. I was like, really? So I really listen to what people say, the feedback on that. Right. And I try to look at it from their point of view. Right. And I saw it and I said, okay. So my story really tells a story. Mm -hmm. In the story part of my Instagram, it tells the story. That little circle. Yeah. That's the story mm -hmm. of the day or the week. It's the story, this current story, was happening. Hmm. Well, I guarantee people, as they research you, as they get to know <laughs> you, on whatever level that is, whether it's just through social media mm -hmm. or something like this, a podcast interview, getting to know you and your product, they're going to be thrilled the way I have been in the last several months getting Yay! to know you. So, so thank you so much for this. Thank you. Thank you.